book of Acts, first chapter. We're going to start reading in verse number one. Everybody there? The former treatise have I made on Theophilus of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day he was taken up. After that, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles who had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them for forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he saith, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And when they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses of me both in Jerusalem and in Judea, and in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now if you would go over to Acts chapter 2, starting in verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind. And, they filled the, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Look back at verse number 8 for just a moment. In verse number, in chapter number one. And ye shall receive. Yes, and ye shall receive. Yes, and ye shall receive. Power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And she, ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Would you pray for me? Father, I ask that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we would know what's the hope of your calling, and what's the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, and what's the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe, according to the working of your mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places. And I ask that you grant us according to the riches of your glory 
to be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, so that we'd be filled with all the fullness of God. Holy Spirit, I asked you for divine utterance this morning. I ask that you would help me to communicate the heart of the Father to us, your people, and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus here has given a command to his disciples. And his disciples were more than just the twelve. Am I out? So there was more than just the twelve that he was talking to. Because we know that there were 120 that were in the room. That were in the upper room. Jesus was with them for 40 days. And he says, stay in Jerusalem until you've been endued with power from on high. I told us in Sunday school that this was... A Pentecostal fundamental doctrine of believing in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All Pentecostal churches that I know of believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Many of them don't practice what they believe. But they believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because there's something that needs to be in the church more than just the doctrine. There needs to be an experience. Amen. And Jesus didn't want these people leaving from Jerusalem until they had been filled with the Holy Spirit or had this experience. And there's another church doctrine that has slipped into the church. That after you're filled with the Holy Spirit, one time you're good to go. But the emphasis in the Greek is not just the one time. He says, be being filled. Be being filled. So we as children of God should never be satisfied until we're filled to the full and overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And not just one time, but all the time. Amen. Brother Smith, when he used to come down to the assembly, he would say this. He said, there ain't but one way to be full of chicken." And that's to eat chicken all the time. You heard people say before, I have eaten so much chicken, it's running out of my ears. What are they saying? It ain't, they're not saying you can, you can just see chicken come out of my ears, but I'm full of chicken. God wants us to be full of the Holy Spirit. And you shall receive... After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, I want to divide something into two different groups in your mind this morning. There were disciples that followed Jesus 
And I believe that there were more that started out with Jesus than ended up with Jesus. I believe that's always the case. There's people that, that start out with Jesus, but after a while, things, they, they lose interest or think their expectations are not met and they take and they leave and go somewhere else or do something else. And this is the way that it was with Jesus' disciples. I heard somebody preaching one time, and it's in the back of my mind, that they started out with, with several hundred, but they ended up with, with 120. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I could see how it could easily take place. But as they were there, Jesus was after something, preparing them to receive. And the word says that they were in one place and in one accord. Now there is some pertinent information for us as the church today to catch what he's saying. I need you to be in one place and in one accord. I need you on in the same place and on the same sheet of music. Because I believe that there was something that was taking place as they were positioning themselves in obedience to the command that Jesus had given to stay. And that was a command. Stay in Jerusalem until you have been endued with power from on high. Because one of the first things that human nature does is want to get up and go before God has prepared you to go. So that people would start out in the flesh and not in the power. And God needs people flowing in the power. And one of the ways of flowing in the power is to get ourselves in a place of one accord, one purpose. And I give this analogy when we were in Sunday school. I think it'll still work for in church. A lot of times when you start out to pray, there'll be a thousand things, thoughts that come to your mind. That ever happened to anybody else beside me? But as you stay in that place of prayer, what happens, your focus becomes more single. And it's like from a thousand, it'll drop down to 500. From a hundred, it'll drop down to a hundred. From a hundred, it'll drop down to 50. But when we get in that place, it'll drop down to one. And, and Jesus said, I want you in this place because in this place is where I can do something for you. It's something where I can show you something. I can reveal myself to you in ways that you will treasure what I'm doing. Because a lot of us want an experience without really treasuring what we're getting. We want what somebody else may have experienced instead of what God wants us to have. He wants us to know Him personally and intimately for ourselves. And then once we know Him, to pursue Him with all of our heart and never back off from Him. One mind, one accord. My focus has changed. My focus has become close. Somebody was there to the house one day and they said, 
when I get, go and say, I'm looking over here and I'm looking over here. And uh, I said, you know, they would put blinders on a horse. Not so that they couldn't see, but so that they could become focused. Because their eyes were picking up everything, not only what was in front, but everything that was around them. And what it is, there's, there's too much information, there's too much that they're seeing. So to get them to, to go the, the way that they really needed to go, they needed to shut out the things that were on the, on the outside and get focused on what was ahead. Jesus here was saying to his disciples, I need your focus on me. And in this place of one accordness, one mind and one accord, <coughs> they were taking as something was becoming single in their hearts and in their mind. Because God was getting ready to do a new thing. God was getting ready to do something that they had never seen before and never experienced before. And if He couldn't get their hearts ready to receive it, it would go right on over past them. So this happens a lot of times in church. Because God is after doing something and having a desire to do something in a body. But He's got to get that body with their focus on Him and not everything else. Because everybody has their own little plan, their own little idea of what it should be like. And then God says, well, I've got my idea of the way things, really things ought to be. And if you can get on my page, it'll blow your, it'll blow your little thoughts all to pieces. And it'll go supersede and go so far beyond what you could even imagine or think to get on the page with me. And he says, I need you to do this, fellas, ladies, everybody here. I need you to get in this place of one mind and one accord. That everything else has been pushed out and now the focus is just me. And when you get in that place and I get in that place where it's just God. And God is all I want. I ain't thinking about my job. I'm not thinking about what I'm going to eat for lunch. I'm not thinking about what's going on in my family. My aunt and uncle going through this or my granddaughter. Anybody, my focus right now is on God. And God is all that matters to me. And when he gets in that place and I get in that place, there's a sweet communion that takes place between us. But a lot of times, some of us has never been in a place like that. But God is calling us all to a place of oneness and one accord and one mind with Him. That my focus is His focus. And all I got on my mind is what, what God wants to do and how He wants to reveal Himself to me. And because they were getting ready to have an experience that would have blown the natural person's mind all to pieces. In fact, it did blow the natural people's mind all to pieces. Because after they had their experience with the Holy Ghost, they said, these people is crazy. They're acting like a bunch of drunk people. In fact, they said they were drunk. Because they were acting what in ways that they had never experienced before. But I want you to notice something about them. They had just experienced something that they had never experienced before. 
And when you experience something that you've never experienced before, there's going to be a change in your life. When you've experienced something that you've never experienced before, there's going to be a change in your life. Now, here they were. Probably down on their knees. And they're They've been praying for days. How much prayer can you have in you? I said all everything I had to say three days ago. But he's told me to stay here and pray and get in this place of one accord with him. So I'm endeavoring to get myself in that place. Because I ain't never been in this place before. This is a new place. But am I willing to do what Jesus said to do so that I can have what Jesus said I can have? See, this is the group that you shall receive. This is, have I got any you shall receivers in this house today? Yeah. You shall receive. Yeah, if you look at me, who are you? I'm one of them I shall receive. I shall receive. Because Jesus said you shall receive. And if Jesus said, you shall receive, you know what? You shall receive. Will you turn away or will you cut and run or will you let your mind go somewhere else other than where he says to be? One mind, one accord. Then nobody can get you in that place but you. Because that's your mind. And that's your accord. And that's my mind. And that's my accord. But Jesus said, ye shall. Is the ye shall greater than the I want to? Or the ye shall greater than I need to? Or the ye shall greater than what's somebody going to say? Ye shall receive. Jesus said, well, it's a 50-50 chance that you're going to get this. There's been many people that's tried to get this, but have never, but have always come up short. But Jesus said, ye shall receive. Amen. Now, if he said, ye shall receive, then it's my job to believe that I shall receive. Amen. Is that true or false? True, true. Nobody can do that for me, but me. Ye shall receive after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So he was telling them something to, to set a precedent. He was showing them a purpose that they had to bring themselves and the brothers and sisters. The only way you can get in this place and I can get in, my, in that place is to humble myself before the hand of Almighty God. So and so did it like this. This is the way that our church does it. I don't want no experience but the way that God says it. Amen. And when God says that I can have it, I want to have it. If He says that I can be healed, I want to be healed. If He tells me I can be saved, I want to be saved. If He tells me I can be delivered, I want to be delivered. If He tells me I can be filled with the Holy Ghost, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I'm not going to settle for anything else. Because I'm not one of those who 
Well, I tried, but it didn't work for me. He said, you shall receive. If he said you shall receive, don't give up and don't cut loose until you receive. Why is that? It shows a lack of faith. When Jesus, if you're on Wednesday night, you remember when Jesus was on the boat with his disciples? And they were scared that they were going to drown? And Jesus rebukes them because they thought one thing for a little while while everything was going good. But when everything turned around, he looks at them and he says, where's your faith? And a lot of times we get, our, we get ourselves offended when something like that happens. And we, we turn loose of what we believe. And Jesus wants us to hold on to what we believe. When he says words like, and ye shall receive. There was no way that they couldn't receive if they would hold on to what he said. If they would do what he said to do. Impossible not to receive. That's why he said, get in that place of one mind and one accord. And you stay there. And don't you get up from that place. Don't you leave that place. Because it's easy to say, well, you know, it's past time and I need to go home. Well, no, it's past time and you're getting ready to miss out on what God's got for you. That's what you're getting ready to do. You're getting ready to leave the blessing of God when He's getting ready to pour it out because you've got an agenda that's greater than what His plan is. And this was what Jesus was speaking to them. It says, don't you do it. You stay in this place. Of one mind and one accord. Until you receive. From me. And this is a promise. This is what I've got for you. You're going to step into this promise. And this promise is going to be poured out on you. And you're going to say. I'm sure glad that I didn't listen to the clock. And I didn't listen to what so and so had to say. But I stayed. My flesh wanted to get up. But I stayed. And when I stayed. God did something Brothers and sisters, there's a lot of people that's left church services and God moved after they left. And they missed out on it. Why didn't he want them to, didn't they want, didn't he want that person to receive? Why didn't he do it a little bit sooner? Why didn't their heart have a desire to stay for him? See, there's a lot of times that we've got up and left on God. When God was getting ready to speak a word. Say a word. I have, but Lord, I've got so many things that's on my mind and so many things I want to do. And he was getting ready to give the answer. And I left. But he had to get these people in this place. So they had to trust the words of Jesus to stay where they needed to stay so they could hear what they could want to do what they could hear and so they could experience what he wanted them to experience and boy was that an experience that was an experience like I ain't never seen the experience before you wouldn't believe that church service they could go home and they would tell their children or their wife about it if they weren't there he said boy you missed it tonight said what happened well we was in here praying 
Bless God, we was in here praying. And we was doing our best to do what Jesus said. And I look up. Because I, I hear this sound. And it said, my God, is the house coming in on top of us? It sounds like a rushing mighty wind. Oh, first thing our minds run to, tornado. Oh, get down under the pews. Get down, get something over you because the house is coming in on top of us. I ain't never been in church and experienced that before. But he said, it was the sound of a rushing mighty wind. I ain't never been in a church service like this, but I would like to be in one. Yeah. Amen? Amen? If we get ourselves in one mind and one accord, we may see some things that we ain't never seen before. Because yes. God's wanting to do some things that He ain't done in a long time. Yeah. Yes. But He wants to. Amen? Amen. 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 So I heard this sound. And the first thing that happened that startled me and it shook me. Because it wasn't that I could feel just the hard wind blowing, but I heard the sound of it. And my mind goes, boy, this is different. This is different from what I've been used to. You know, I was expecting the Holy Ghost to move like this. When He came, I thought it was going to come like this. But He came like that. What are you going to do when He comes like that and not like this? We, if, we, if we got our mindset that way, we might be like that people that was looking on the outside and start mocking and making fun of what was taking place. But I'm going to tell you one thing. When you get in the presence of God, He changes things. He changes things. And then, after I heard that wind, I got settled down a little bit from that and I looked. And there on Tina and Becky. Yes. On top of their head. Their head was on fire. Amen. Their head was on fire, but their hair weren't burning. Can I, can I liken that to anything else? Moses saw the bush burning, but it wasn't consumed. They saw, can you imagine that? Look like a fire fire inside of that upper room because 120 people sitting there with the, with the sound of the wind blowing. And clothed in tongues of fire, like flames of fire on their head, 120 with their heads on fire. Yes, amen. Glory. Glory. So that's the that's the wildest, that's the wildest church service I have ever been in in my life. Here the people's heads was on fire and they didn't burn. Can he do it again? Yes, amen. Can he do it again? Yes. Or ye shall receive after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen. The fire didn't come. The sound of the rushing mighty wind didn't come until he came. But when he came, he brought the goods with him. Yes. Amen? amen? He brought the goods with him. And ye shall receive. Now, we need to be people that identify with this purpose of ye shall receive. 
See, there were many in the church that gave up their life for their faith in God. They were people that were thrown in lion's dens and were killed by the lions. There were people that were killed by the sword. There were people that were burned at the stake, but they wouldn't recant and they wouldn't turn loose and they wouldn't turn back. They looked at that experience just like another church service because Jesus said, ye shall receive. Ye shall receive. And they were getting ready to seek to receive something that they had never experienced before. They traded their natural life for the spiritual life that God had for them. To step over into glory. Ye shall receive. Now we live in a time right now in our country. That you take people that in World War I and World War II. That gave their life for what they believed. They fought and they shed their blood. For a purpose. And the purpose was greater than themselves. And their purpose was their families, their peers, their children, their wives, their grandchildren, <coughs> their great-great-great-grandchildren that had not even been born yet, but they were paving a way because they wanted that freedom that they had to go on to the next generation and to the next generation. So they were willing to go to fight for a cause that was greater than themselves. But so many times right here in, the, in our world and time, we're so selfish. It's all about me and what I can get out of this deal. And if it ain't good for me, then I just ain't going to mess with it. And God's got a purpose. God's got a plan. It will affect our nation, but it really should affect the church. It really should affect us. And just as the church needed power to get started in the first church, we need to get the power so that we're functioning in the church of our day. So let's not change the pattern because God still moves the way that he moves. Am I willing to get on the page with him to get in one mind and one accord so that I can be one of them that you shall receive? Yeah, but I tried that. He didn't say, I tried that. He said, you shall receive. Kick that thought out of the door. Yeah, but I... Ye shall receive. Whose words are greater? My words or Jesus' words? If Jesus' words and that's what he said, then that's what I'm going to believe. Will we believe it? Ye shall receive. How will we tell? We will stay where he said to stay. And we will do what he said to do until we get what he said we would get. And I will not turn it loose. I'm holding on to what he said. I'm believing what he said. And I'm, I'm positioning myself in my purposes to receive what God said to do. Because it's quite easy when challenges and offenses and everything else comes our way to move us out of that place of one purpose, one mind, one accord. But God says, I need you to be in this place so that you can experience what I've got for you. 
Now, how did it affect their lives? They said, after they came out of that experience, and that sound of that wind blowing, he got on fire, but I wasn't burn up. Didn't even smell like smoke. Becky, you don't know how funny you look with your head on fire. <laughs> and it wasn't even a bad hair day. You'd have thought Noah had all of the hair singed off of his head. <laughs> but I stayed in that presence. And man, when I was in that presence, and there's something that every one of us can do. There's something about being in the presence of God. And if you've ever been in it one time, one time, you want to be in it again. Yes, amen. Because it'll make you laugh and make you want to cry. Yes, hallelujah. Make you want to shout and make you want to shut up. All at the same time. There's so many things that can happen in the presence of God. And some people, some people say, I ain't experienced that. Well, one line, one accord, and you can't. Because he poured the Holy Spirit out on the day of Pentecost and he ain't took him back. And he still wants us. And ye shall receive. And ye shall receive. Have I got any ye shall receivers in here? Amen. 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 I'm not going to be satisfied until I have received what he said I've got, what he wants to give me. Amen. Amen. And take that approach when it comes to everything about God. Well, I'm trying to get it. He said, get in that place and stay in that place until there's a singleness. When you get into a place where, where your desire becomes, God, I came for healing, but all I want is you. It's a good chance that you'll receive healing. Because your whole focus came on him and healing is just part of him. And everything else, because it's so easy for the water to become muddy and cloudy with everything else. And Jesus says, you stay in that place and don't you leave until you've been endued with power. And you're not going to be endued with power until you're in that place of one mind and one accord. Because that positioned you, that located you. Now, can you imagine this? 120 people. That's more chairs than what we've got in this church. But if we if we did, you could sit, you could put 120 people in here. But this church would be packed out. Packed out. And we were all in one mind and one accord. And the one mind and the one accord was. My focus is on you, Lord, and that is all my focus is. And I know as my focus is on you, the Holy Ghost is going to show up. And when he shows up, he may show up in ways that we have never seen before. I've been in a lot of church services, but I ain't never been in one where it sounded like rushing mighty wind. I've been in a lot of them, but I ain't never seen fire on top of people's heads. 
Now I have heard people talk about this and I would like to experience this one too. They said the man was in the church. They were preaching at all and uh, they heard sirens going off. And he said, those sirens sound close, but he was at, out of respect for the church service. He was the pastor. He didn't get up. But he finally got up and he said, what's going on? And here come the firemen come running in. And they said, uh, where's the fire at? He said, there is no fire. He said, somebody's called fire for fire. We're here. And then the, uh, the fireman said, what kind of church is this? He said, this is a Pentecostal church. He said, oh, and turned around and walks on out of the church. That wasn't their first time that it had happened. This didn't happen at the Presbyterian church. This happened at the Pentecostal church. Why? They was, they was stirring up enough that the fire got going. I'm not mocking the Presbyterian church or no other church. We're brothers and sisters. We need to be in the one mind. Yes, and the one Amen. So that God can do what God can do. And he did it on the day of Pentecost. And he's, he's wanting to replicate in our day and hour. Yes. Do I got any believers in the house? Amen. Ye shall receive. And when God tells you something in the Bible, don't you give up. Don't you turn loose. Don't you even ease up until you have experienced the ye shall. Ye shall. So, because you don't want it wrote down in the annuals of history. It says, you know, I had this for them, but they quit. When Jesus said, ye shall. That's the attitude of the heart. Jesus said, let's go over to the other side. When he said that, he laid his head down because in his heart, he was going to the other side. It didn't matter what came or went, he was going to the other side. So he was in a place of peace. And a lot of times what happens when we're moving toward that place of one mind and one accord. There'll be many things that come our way to bump us out like bumper cars and knock us out of our lane. But God says, ye shall receive. This is Pentecostal Sunday. This is Memorial Day weekend. We need to remember what brought us to this place. And we need to celebrate and honor the people that have went before us. Yes, yes, amen. That fought and gave their life for freedoms that we have. That we take for granted in the day and hour in which we live. And we think that it's not important. But they paved the way with blood. Yes, yes. For us to walk in the freedom that we have. And saints that have gone on before us. Paved the way for us to walk in the things of God. I thank, for, thank God for mothers and grandmothers and granddaddies and people that believe God and stood for God. One mind, one accord. Pray something with me today. Pray it out loud.
Father, Father, I want my mind. I want my mind. Stayed on you. Stayed on you. One. One. I want to be in that place of one accord. I want to be in that place of one accord with you. You're all that matters to me. You're all that matters to me. I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my husband. I thank you for my children. I thank you for my job. Thank you for my job. I thank you for my family. I thank you for my family. But my focus is on you. My focus is on you. You're my one. You're my one. You're my one. You're my one. My focus is on you. My focus is on you. Not everything else, but I thank you for it. Not everything else, but I thank you for it. My mind is on you. My mind is on you. They had that experience. Go ahead. They, they had, had that, that experience. experience on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, and there was a rushing sound of a rushing mighty wind. There was a sound of a rushing mighty wind, and there were cloven tongues of fire that set on everybody's head. There was cloven tongues of fire that set on everyone's head, and power, and power came upon them. Came upon them, and their lives were changed. And their lives were changed. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again, Jesus. Do it again, Jesus. Do it in me. Do it in me. Set my life ablaze. Set my life ablaze. With a passion. With a passion. For you. For you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Got any receivers? Yes. And ye shall. And ye shall. And ye shall. Receive. And ye shall. Receive. Hallelujah. I'm not one of them that missed out. I'm one of them that. Receive. Receive. Amen. Amen. We won't be having church tonight. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your weekend. But don't forget. One mind, one accord, one purpose. Because God's got some things He wants to do in your life. Amen? And I'm going to receive it. I'm going to receive it. Because I'm going to position myself. And you've got to humble yourself to position yourself. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. If you got your offering, hold it.